Thank you for joining us on the Ultimate Leadership Podcast. And here's your host, Chris Sabalero. Well, as the man said, it's a lovely day in the neighborhood, and we are no different. We are back with the Ultimate Leadership Podcast. I want to thank everybody for joining us. And I got to tell you, I mean, when we start to think about our growth and development, we are going to continue on the road of developing our ethical leadership. And with us is our resident ethical leadership expert, Dr. Charles Weinstein. Chad, come on in here and uh, say hello to the group. Good morning. It's a pleasure to be here. It's always a pleasure having you back, Chad. And we're, we're continuing our climb up the ethical leadership ladder, and you are taking us down this, uh, this path of our growth of ethical leadership. So again, thank you for that. And I know that I'm the better for it anytime we have the opportunity to chat. Well, thank you. The pleasure is mine. And it should be. So one of the things that I want to, uh, before we get started, is maybe you could just, you know, we're, we're talking about the virtues of ethical leadership, and, and we're coming to our next one, which is creativity. But for the folks that may be catching us uh, in the beginning of this, maybe you could just outline the uh, virtues of ethical leadership and kind of segue into where we are today. Absolutely. The core idea when we talk about ethical leadership is about empowering others to make a positive difference in the world. And virtues are qualities in us that make us capable of doing just that. What do we need to, to develop in ourselves in order to be most effective at bringing out the best in others and engaging people to work together to do good things that matter? So the virtues are qualities that help us do that. They're a set of five virtues that are interrelated. And just to list them, they are service, competence, creativity, clarity, and courage. And we, I have had the pleasure of speaking with you so far in previous podcasts about courage and about competence. And so we continue now talking about creativity. All right, so now we're on the path of creativity. You know, and this is one of the things that I think leaders really need to develop because, you know, we think about our decision-making skills and, we, you know, we think about our ability to lead, but sometimes we've got to be creative in the things that we come up with. And certainly this works with our, with our problem-solving skills and this works with our critical thinking skills. And, you know, so when we think about creativity, this is going to be really important. And there are some components of creativity and what are they? Well, the components of creativity as we see it are imagination, the ability to see what could be and to think beyond what's in front of us right now. That's one. The second is, as you noted, problem-solving capability. Some of that is analytical. Some of that is based on our experience. Here's where the virtue of creativity touches some of the other virtues competence and clarity in order to apply those qualities to solve problems to make things better and finally uh drive because being creative is hard you got to have the the will and the tenacity to really see things through and together they comprise this virtue when we talk about creativity what we're really talking about is the desire and ability to make things better you know, I got to tell you, when we think about, you know, those, those three components, I'm really interested in how drive fits into that, you know, when it comes to creativity, but we'll save that towards the end. But, you know, I guess my next question, Chad, goes to, um, you know, when you think about ethical leadership, why is creativity uh, a necessary virtue? Well, you touched on it 
earlier, we as leaders are often called upon to make things better. And sometimes that involves imagining things that are new to the world. And other times it, it isn't so much about imagination as it is about analysis and grinding out a better solution. I was working with the city council just this last weekend at their annual retreat. And one of their city council members said, often they rule on the motions in front of them without pausing to consider whether amendments might make the proposals even better. That's very practical creativity in action. How can we make things better? You know, Chad, this is just one of the skills that I think that as leaders, we really need to try to think about developing those, you know, skills that are going to be necessary that really lead us into having a creative mind. And, and, and sometimes this is outside the box thinking, but I'm just curious, working with the, the leaders that you work with, do you have any good stories about creative leaders? They abound. The stories that end up getting told are often big stories. I mean, the Wright brothers and Thomas Edison and the internet and Google, those instances of phenomenal creativity. Steve Jobs is not lauded as a great leader because he was a great people person. Let's face it, uh, the man, I, I don't wish to speak ill of the dead, but he was by all accounts a very difficult man to work for and to work with. But yet he's regarded by many as a great leader because he could imagine what could be and he had the tenacity and drive to make it so and the ability to engage others in solving the problems to make his vision a reality. The stories that interest me, though, are sometimes much smaller than that. I was working with an EMS organization, Emergency Medical Services, and one of the heads of nursing in the emergency room in the hospital where these crews typically brought their patients brought a problem to their chief officer. They said, you know what? A lot of your paramedics are less artful than they could be starting IVs and doing injections. And so patients are coming into us with arms that are in rougher shape than they should be. And the natural reaction to something like that might be defensive or it might be to overreact, but this chief didn't do that at all. This chief said, hmm, what could we do about that? And he ordered up some pizzas over a period of sessions across his shifts, and he had them delivered to the break room in the hospital, and he invited the nurses who were really good and the phlebotomists who were really good to come in and give these paramedics a refresher and the EMTs a refresher on how to work with needles. And nobody got blamed, but everybody got better at it in an informal and frankly kind of fun way. That's the kind of creativity we're often talking about. How can we make things better? Let's think out of the box. Let's do something different from the way we've done it before because we can do better than we are doing now. Yeah, I think that what that does as well is it also fosters good relationship between the paramedics and the and the nursing staff within that organization. Not only are you learning from their expertise, which I think when we we talk about mentorship and we talk about being role models, that that kind of is a is is a natural progression there. But I think that you're also uh, developing relationships over uh, uh you know that time of growth that could be invaluable again to patient care and that you know in that transformation. So I really enjoy that opportunity, I think. 
Absolutely. Everyone gets better from examples like that. And you're absolutely right. The patients are extremely well served because those handoffs go better. Because when people know each other, the momentary report as the patient is transferred just simply goes better because it isn't strangers talking to each other. You know, so as you were talking about this and describing the story of the, the EMS chief who, who was thinking of a creative way, is creativity just another way of saying brainstorming or, or are they two different paths? I think brainstorming is one of the tools of creativity. Creativity is making things better. Sometimes brainstorming is a way to imagine a way that could be better. Sometimes, though, the path is out in front of us and we know it's the right path and the way to be creative is to grind down that path and solve the problems as we go. So brainstorming, I think, is a critical ability or technique that fosters create creative solutions. So if we, if we think about now the virtue of creativity, how does this fit into the the world of ethical leadership. I've got more questions that I want to ask about uh, creativity as we go here, but I'm just trying to see now, how does this fit into ethical leadership? Well, creativity is the desire and ability to make things better. So the ethical leader who's looking to engage others in improving the world has to have the capacity to, first of all, know when there's really an opportunity to improve things, and second of all, the ability to imagine what could be and what an improvement might be, and third, the capacity to make that new vision a reality. It's also important to note, creative people don't just change things for the sake of changing them. One of my mentors taught me, it's not okay to do what we've done the way we've done it because we've always done it that way. And at the same time, it's not okay to change things just for the sake of making change. Creativity is about making things better. Yeah, I really like how you put that. Now, I'm sure you've heard this, because I know I've heard this, Chad. Some people will just say, you know, I'm not a creative person. I don't have a creative bone in my body. So how do these people uh, that are leaders really get over the hump? If this is a component that they need to have, how do they develop the attribute of being creative? Well, first of all, when someone says that to me, I ask some more questions. I ask them what they mean by creativity and why they believe that it isn't one of their strengths. And often what people mean by creativity is something like being artistic or even just being imaginative. And it's true. There are some people who have an easier time imagining what could be than others. And at the same time, creativity is more than that. People can be creative not just by being imaginative, but by being really analytical about driving change. Or they can be creative by being the person who pushes and says, I think we can do better, I think we can do better, even if it isn't their ideas that get implemented. So the first thing I ask when people say, hey, I'm not creative is, what do you mean by that? Because they almost always have some of the components of creativity in them. The second factor is, this is a team sport. And so if you don't feel especially imaginative, surround yourself with imaginative people. Have people on your team who can imagine what could be. And maybe you're the person who helps refine those ideas as they generate them. So 
the first question is, what parts of creativity do you really have to build on? And the other part is, um, who can you get on your team to fill that out so that we're always more creative together than we would be individually? You know, I think you bring up a really good point there because one of the things that we do as leaders is we tend to hire people who are just like us. And I think you bring up a really good point there that when you say, if this is one of your challenges, if this is one of your weaknesses, we need to be able to surround ourselves with people who really make us better. And I think that's one of the drawbacks of, of leadership or maybe even our self-development as a leader is that we don't surround ourselves with the people that complement us as much as we surround ourselves with people who are just like us. It's a heck of a lot more comfortable to have people around us who are like us. But it's a heck of a lot more productive, as you point out, to surround ourselves with people who complement us, who maybe even challenge us. And being secure as a leader allows us, if we know that we're not the most imaginative cat, then let's find people who are and let's be confident in who we are so that we can let those people shine too. Interesting. So I've asked this question in the other podcasts of you, and, and certainly I want to get your opinion now. Is it possible to be too creative? And if the answer is yes. What does that look like? I think it is possible to misapply creativity. I think it's possible to focus on creativity when we really should be focusing on something else. For example, we may want to find a new solution, but in fact, the existing solution is excellent, but difficult for us. And so sometimes in the search for creativity, we may waste time and energy. I'm not sure that that's being too creative, though. Remember, the virtues are midpoints between extremes. And so courage, which we talked about before, is the midpoint between um, foolhardiness and cowardice. Well, the midpoint for creativity might be between being scattered and not focusing on what's in front of us and being so focused on what's in front of us that we don't imagine what could make things better. So I don't know that we can be too creative, but we certainly can lose our focus on what we ought to be improving. And we might call that being too creative. Yeah, I think that's really interesting how you put that in the sense of, you know, being able to see. And I think that this is really, uh, if we think about creativity, I think this is the ultimate uh, tool needed for, for even a, a, a good strategic vision. So when we think about, you know, what does the vision look like, we've got to sit there and we've got to think about it and kind of create that vision in our heads to say, you know, a, a lot of times you're going to think about, you know, the industry standard and where the industry is going and kind of you have a clear picture. In the absence of that, you, you might have to create that future vision and, and kind of think about where you want to take the organization. Absolutely true. It's an indication of how the virtues are interrelated. Remember that virtue of clarity is the ability to envision what could be. It dovetails perfectly with creativity. Creativity also requires that we have a keen sense of where we are so that we know that where we're going. So you're absolutely right. Creativity is a critical component to strategic planning and strategic vision, and it only works if we unite it with other capabilities like competence, knowing what we're seeing, wisdom and so forth, and with with clarity. Um, brainstorming, for example, will only get you so far. Eventually, you have to look at the products of your brainstorm and rate them and say, 
did anything come out of this that we want to capitalize on? Or are these interesting ideas, but not for today? Yeah, just because you're creative doesn't mean they're good ideas. And I think with that, you know, to think about it is how do you stimulate your own creativity? So I consider myself to be a, a, an outside the box thinker, a creative thinker. But but how do I how do I stimulate that? How do I make that better? Or, or for the folks that may not have that quality, what is it that they need to do to to create it? Well, that's kind of a little play on words to you know to make it happen. <laughs> well, you and I did some of this a couple of weeks ago when we had a conversation about our organizations and we stimulated one another's creativity. I'm still thinking about some of the ideas that came out of that conversation. So. The first technique I'd recommend is find someone you trust and look up to, like I trust and look up to you, and engage them in thinking about what's going on and engage them in thinking about your organization. That's one way to be creative. Another great way to be creative is to get out of your current context entirely. I do some of my best thinking on our sailboat. Um, I am a really big guy. I go about 270. I'm 6'3", but my youngest son has arms and legs like a spider, and he loves indoor rock climbing. And believe it or not, despite my thumbing my nose at the laws of physics, I actually strap on a harness and, and indoor rock climb with them. And while I'm trying to solve those problems, really problems of physics and physical fitness and strength and balance, my mind is free to think openly about other things. I often come off of an afternoon of rock climbing with my son, open to all kinds of new ideas about the business, about my clients, about the work I'm doing. So um, just getting out and changing your context and using your mind in a totally different way is also a great way to stimulate your creativity. You little spider monkey, you. Yeah, well, I'm pretty clumsy. I'm, I definitely get some stares as I try this. But, you know, I don't have to be great at everything I do. <laughs> you know, what's funny of that is that the, but the people who don't know, you actually sound like you're about 5'6". So yeah, really right. Is kind of <laughs> Chris, there's another feature of creativity that links very closely to your work. And that is that creativity requires energy. And therefore, as we're trying to be creative, we need to be self-aware, which is a lesson I know you teach. If our batteries are low, we're less likely to be creative. If we're exhausted, if we're frustrated, if we're just ground down, it is just plain harder for many of us to be imaginative. And so one of the features that people use to sustain creativity is self-awareness and self-care. Good leaders know when to charge themselves up, when to pause, when to re-energize, when to connect with others, when to disconnect, to do whatever they need to do to maintain their energy, to restore themselves so that they can truly be fully creative. I think that's really an important you know, statement to make, Chad, because that's one of the things I don't think we do really well as leaders. We don't, we don't take care of ourselves, and we wonder why, why can't we solve these problems or we wonder why we're having problems when it comes to our critical thinking skills or being creative. And it may be the fact we're not giving ourselves time to, you know, to, to recharge. And I think that that's a very important component to what we're talking about here. And I don't want to gloss over that. I agree. I, I also think creativity might be one of the first things to go as our batteries wear down. We may not be aware of how tired we are 
or we might not be aware of our need to recharge. We might be perfectly competent and we might be functioning just fine. But one of the first signs for some of us could be, you know what, we're less creative or we're less open to new ideas or the idea of improving things makes us feel tired instead of excited. That's a sign to engage in some self-management and some self-care. You know, we think about the components and we started off with them. There were the three components of imagination, problem solving. And I think that we can kind of fit into that, how creativity helps imagination, how your creativity helps your problem solving, but how does it help your drive? Well, it's a great question. First of all, drive helps you to to make the changes that you imagine and that you desire. So drive is the engine behind making creativity real. Creativity without drive is daydreaming. <laughs> creativity with drive pushes us to implement what we've imagined. I also think that being creative spurs that drive, that that imagining what could be is exciting and energizing. And I don't know about you, I get bored doing the same thing over and over again. So the opportunity to think creatively, even if I fall on my face, still leaves me energized to do more and to get back to the work that I'm doing. So drive is a critical part of creativity. And the other elements of creativity, imagination and problem solving, those tend to foster our capacity to push forward, I think. Yeah, it's really interesting. So I was trying to think about it in the sense of almost like, uh, you know, drive is, is your desire. It's your spark that's starting the fire. So, you know, if you think about these three components of creativity, you've got imagination, which can kind of be your fuel. You've got your problem solving, which is the spark of how do I get over this? And then you've got your drive, which is actually the, you know, the oxygen that makes this, this whole fire work. So really, that was kind of an interesting way to put that. So, you know, Chad, you know, as we think about creativity, we've now, this is the third component in the virtues framework that we've talked about. So in the past podcast, we've talked about courage and competence, and now we're adding creativity. And we do have two more to go, two more shows to, to bring those five. But how do these three fit together? They are really tightly linked. Creativity allows us to imagine what could be, and it includes the capacity to bring it about. Competence is what we draw upon to problem solve. It's what we draw upon when we're evaluating and imagining what could be. If we don't know, if we aren't masters of the work that we do, then our imagination isn't really as valuable. Because frankly, we don't know if we're reinventing the wheel and we don't really understand the nature of the problems we're trying to solve. So without being competent, we're likely to be much less creative. And courage is also required because let's face it, some people don't like change. And so if we are improving things, we have to have the moral courage to bring people along, to tolerate the skeptics, to be willing to fail, to be willing to really take one on the chin and get up and go at it again. So courage, competence, and creativity really fit together closely as virtues that allow us to be effective as leaders. Very interesting stuff. So the next show that we're going to talk about, what virtue will we be addressing? Well, there are two remaining. Why don't we talk about clarity and we'll finish the series by talking about service after that. 
Clarity is our ability to make sense of things. It's our ability to have a vision that is well understood and to analyze and evaluate our current situation. And clarity also applies to our moral sensibilities. What are our values and what drives us? All right. Well, I'm looking forward to that conversation, Chad. It's always fun to have you in here and uh, certainly learning a lot about the, uh, you know, the, the five virtues of uh, ethical leadership. But if folks want to get in touch with you, if they want to engage with you, what's the best way they can do that? They can always go to our website, which would delight me at www.ethinact.com. That's www.ethinact.com. It's a contraction for our firm name, Ethical Leaders in Action. And what we'll do is we'll put that in the show notes as well so people will have a link right to it. Dr. Charles Weinstein, Chad, I got to tell you, it's always great when you come here. I want to thank you for being a guest on the Ultimate Leadership Podcast, and let's get that full show out uh, pretty quickly for our listeners. I'm sure they're going to be interested in learning more about clarity, and uh, I got to tell you, man, as our resident ethical leadership expert, I appreciate what you do, and uh, we certainly learn a lot when we have you around. Well, I also learn from you and from our conversations, and it's a pleasure to reach out to your many listeners. Thank you for this opportunity. And for everybody out there, again, I want to thank you for joining us on the Ultimate Leadership Podcast. Let me tell you, if you have ideas for the show, go ahead and send them to us. You guys are sending some really great ideas, and we're producing those shows even as we speak. And for everyone at the Ultimate Leadership Podcast, I'm Chris Sabalero, and we'll chat with you again real soon. Thank you for joining us. The Ultimate Leadership Podcast is a production of chrissubalero.com. You can interact with us by email at ultimateleadership16 at gmail.com. All rights reserved.